You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ready to roll on here on Listen Up. Really appreciate those of you that have checked me out each and every day. How about that freaking game last night? Wow. What a contest. We're going to talk about that in Las Vegas with the Raiders uh, and the Ravens. Uh, Other NFL news gets you caught up on a lot of other things as well. I would love to have you on. You know, when I started doing this last week, the main reason was so I could interact with my audience because I really missed that over the last uh, 15 months or so. So I would love to get you on. Uh, If you have anything you want to talk about, all you got to do is hit that hand icon and I'll get you right on. But that game last night was absolutely unbelievable. I'll tell you this, though. When I watch the Raiders play, I I just don't – I don't think John Gruden's a very good coach. I mean, 10 penalties again. You know, we see this every week with this team. Undisciplined, stupid mistakes, uh, terrible uh, in-game decisions. I think uh, John Gruden's game management is awful. You know, I thought not kicking that field goal down 17-10 was awful in that situation. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me when you need two scores. Yes, I know they ended up winning the game, but I I just, I don't like the way the guy coaches. I've never been a fan of John Gruden as a coach. I I just, I, I, there's something missing with that Raiders team. And again, I don't mean to be raining on a big win uh, because it was great. And the way that game almost ended, I mean, good Lord. I mean, how crazy was that? What, what a, what a finish uh, in Las Vegas, but uh, I'm just not crazy what I see uh, from John Gruden. Something else I want to talk about, we're going to get into a lot more. What did you think? Were you watching the game with the three announcers or were you watching Peyton and Eli Manning on the secondary channel? I watched Peyton and Eli for about three of the four quarters and I really liked it. You know, having Charles Barkley on was great. You know, having Travis, Travis Kelsey on, it was pretty amazing that while they're talking to Travis Kelsey, he thought they were playing the Chargers this week when they're playing Baltimore. So I thought that was pretty uh, interesting. I really enjoyed watching that. And then Russell Wilson was on for, you know, the fourth quarter and overtime. I'm just curious, did you watch the game with the uh, Peyton and Eli Manning? Because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and uh, that that crew. I'm just not. I'm not a fan of it. You know, I'm just not. I'm not crazy about that. I'm really not crazy about that crew. I, I just don't think. I, I there's just not enough energy uh, in that booth to me. Not enough energy in that booth. So I I enjoyed a lot watching the game with uh, Eli and Peyton. 
I thought it was good. They're only going to get better and better. I thought for the first game out, uh, I thought they did a, a good job. Obviously, Carr was huge in the second half. Uh, and in overtime, after a, uh, to me, a subpar quarter and a half to start the game. I mean, he was awful. He really was. He was awful in the first quarter and a half. But uh, they hung around. Uh, they hung around. They got back into the game by scoring 10 unanswered before half. And give them credit. You know, I mean, that drive to set up the game-tying field goal to send that game into overtime was outstanding by Carr and the Raiders. And, you know, wins a win in the NFL, man. Just go out and win. Now they have to go to Pittsburgh. It's a short week, but that that's a big-time win. Uh, I told you this yesterday when we were talking about this. I really thought – the, the, I don't want to get over crazy and overblown with one game, but I thought last night's game was a lot more important for the Raiders than it was for the Ravens. First game with the fans in the stadium. You have John Gruden in his fourth year. You have a team that, in my opinion, is underachieved, taking on a Baltimore team that's got injuries all over the place. And I thought it was a huge game for the Raiders, much more important to me for the Raiders than the Ravens. So give me your thoughts. Hit that hand icon. I'd love to know what you thought about the game. You know, the one thing that's not good for the Raiders, 10 penalties. Right, right? 10 penalties. And and listen, what the hell is going on in overtime? when it's second and goal from the one-inch line and you're going on a hard count? Like, what are you gaining on that? So let's say Baltimore jumps, big deal. So now the ball's at the half-inch line? I mean, what are you thinking about there? You know, that's the stuff that drives me crazy. Why make the game difficult? Then you get backed up five yards. Then you get the interception. I mean, you got the ball on the one-inch line. Just get up, hut, take the ball, and go. I mean, do four quarterback sneaks. It makes no sense to me. That was the one part in the game that I just did not understand at all. So we got that to talk about. Uh, the NFLPA wants Josh Gordon to be reinstated for the 1,000th time, which I don't quite understand. Uh, the Saints, how about this? Eight members of their organization have tested positive for COVID-19. According to the report, six offensive coaches, one player, and a nutritionist. This story on ESPN.com. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Now they're operating according to this story with all the NFL uh, protocols. There's all kinds of no in-person meetings. You can't, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Now, if I don't know if you know this about the rule. If if players are asymptomatic, they can return after two negative test results, but the test results have to be 24 hours apart. Now, unvaccinated players and unvaccinated personnel who test positive, they have to isolate for 10 days. Now, what's interesting about this, Sean Payton had said during the summer that the entire coaching staff and the personnel staffs again the report eight members have tested positive six offensive coaches one player and a nutritionist so we'll get that out of there 
Uh, and if you want to talk about the game last night, again, I would love to hear from you. I want to get some dialogue going. Don't be afraid. It's real easy. Hit that hand icon and uh, I will get you uh, right on. Speaking of, you know, vaccinations and everything else, uh, the Buffalo Bills, who were terrible in that game in the opener, are going to now require all fans to be vaccinated. All right. All fans now have to be vaccinated to go to not only the Buffalo Bills games, but the Buffalo Sabres games. So if you're a fan of Buffalo and you want to go watch the Bills or the Sabres, that's what's going to have to happen. All right? We'll see. We'll see what the end result is up there. Bills, by the way, this week uh, in Miami uh, to take on the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, again, a couple of uh, items I want to throw out there. Uh, the game last night, I mean, that's just a gutty win. The way that game ended and then didn't end. And, you know, Baltimore ends up getting that big interception. Uh, they couldn't move the ball. The defense of the Raiders got the stops when they needed to. They forced the turnover on Jackson. They get the ball back to Carr. You know, Gruden did not miss around there, did not mess around there. Goes for the field goal. I mean, you could tell both teams were really worn down at that point. That 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 latter part of that fourth quarter and the overtime, that was a game of attrition. That's exactly what that was. And the Raiders at home uh, got a win that they absolutely had to have. Now, they have to go to uh, Pittsburgh this week, a Steelers team that played very well in that second half in Buffalo, all right? They played very well in that second half. Buffalo, to me, was one of the most disappointing teams along with the Packers in that second or in that first week. So we'll see if the Raiders can, on a short week, go into Heinz Field and uh, deal with Ben Roethlisberger uh, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, all right? That's not going to be an easy task on a short week, uh, and it's an early game, all right? So it's a 10 a.m. start Pacific time, 1 o'clock in Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, the Niners also are in the state of Pennsylvania. When's the last time the Raiders and the Niners were playing in the state of Pennsylvania on the same Sunday? San Francisco was at Philadelphia uh, at 1 o'clock, all right? So you got the Niners and the Raiders both going east, both with the uh, early games coming up for you uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know. The other aspect of the game last night is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is so fun to watch. He is so fun to watch. But his his style of play, which is electrifying, uh, yeah, he was very careless with the ball. You know, when you think about his turnovers, very careless with the football. Two huge, and I mean huge fumbles. That really turned the game around, cost the game. Uh, the, the, the passing game, not really able to get the ball down the field. The Baltimore defense, you know, they can't get to the quarterback with four. They did on one play. It was Houston, but they can only get to the quarterback now if they're blitzing, which puts their defensive backs on an island. And you saw what happened when they were on an island, fourth quarter in overtime. You put them on an island and the game's over. I mean, Carr just floated the ball up in the air. Didn't even have to worry 
about being that accurate, let the receiver run under the ball, adjust his footwork and everything else. You know, Baltimore, we know they got a lot of injuries. And I, I look at that team, and they have now Kansas City on Sunday night. So Baltimore goes from playing on Monday night to Sunday night, and all of a sudden, the Kansas City Chiefs come into town. I, I don't not looking good for Baltimore to avoid an 0-2 start. Could they win at home against Kansas City? Yeah, of course they could, but uh, it's not looking good. That was a that was a that was a loss for the Ravens. I'm sure that that was a brutal, absolutely brutal flight home after the game. That's about a four-hour flight after the way they lost that game. Boy, that is. And, and conversely, you know, I don't know how the Raiders would have bounced back if they had lost that game last night. They, they, they after they thought they had won the game and then had to get back on the field and on second down had the full start, then the interception. I mean, that's about as bad as it gets. That's awful. But I give him credit. The defense got the ball back, and Carr did the rest. And so in overtime, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders prevail. If you are listening to me, if you were at the game last night, I would love to hear from you. All right? If you were at the game last night in Las Vegas, I would love to know how that stadium is. I mean, it sure sounded loud on TV. Uh, it looked like a crazy atmosphere, as you would expect. Uh, for the Raiders games, but, I mean, having a night game in that stadium that lasted what? How long did that game go last night? Forever, right? So now you look at the Raiders after Pittsburgh. They have Miami at home. Then they go to the Chargers. Then they have the Bears and at the Broncos. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. So you look at their schedule again at Pittsburgh. You know, their next three games are very difficult. You know, at Pittsburgh, home Miami, uh, at the Chargers. And I'll tell you, you speak about the Chargers. At Justin Herbert, wow. You know, very good. One thing is not good, and that is that starting guard Denzel Good for the Raiders tore his ACL. So he is done for the season. But you just hate seeing those type of injuries. You know, Mostert for the 49ers announcing today that he will not be coming back midseason that he is going to go for a surgery that is going to put him out for the year. He announced that today. So that is not good news for the uh, San Francisco uh, 49ers. But again, injuries, uh, Denzel Good is out for the year. You're starting uh, guard. So again, hit that hand icon. Come on with me. Let's have some fun here. Let's talk. I want to hear your reaction uh, to the game last night or anything else. Uh, that happened in week one of the NFL. I just did a show on No Filter Network uh, on the internet with Sean Salisbury. And, you know, he and I disagreed a little bit on Derek Carr last night. Yeah, I thought Carr was great in the second half and in overtime. But I thought in the first quarter he was terrible. I mean, terrible. Missing throws, uh, not aware of the clock. Uh, just, you know, to me made some real blunders, but I liked the way he played at the end of the second quarter. Got his team back in the game. That was a very nice drive leading up to the end of half to get three points. So you're only down a score going into the locker room. I'll tell you something about about Derek Carr. You know, if you're a fan of the Raiders, you got to love the way he handles himself. I mean, really, that guy is 
the way he handles himself, the way he deals with the media, uh, it's phenomenal. Really, really phenomenal. That's the one thing I will say uh, for uh, Derek Carr. And he was right. He At the end of the game, he goes, who cares how we do it? Let's just win right. Yes and no. You know, you, you, you should be a little concerned about how you do it because I don't think the Raiders, I don't think that performance last night is going to get you into the playoffs. I'll just put it to you that way. I don't, I don't see that. You play like that, you know, in Pittsburgh, you play that way against Miami. You play that way against Kansas City. You know, I mean, you get my drift here. You're not going to the playoffs playing that way. You can't go to the playoffs with 10 penalties every freaking week. You know, that was just ridiculous. 10 penalties. How many false starts? I mean, delay of games. You're at home. You're getting a delay of game. You're getting false starts at home. Really? I mean, you can't have that. You cannot have that uh, at all. So week one is in the books. You've got, I told you this a day ago, without knowing the results of the Monday night game that went to the Raiders in overtime. My team of the week is the Arizona Cardinals. My second team of the week is the New Orleans Saints. My franchise quarterbacks that I think if you're a fan of the Chargers or the Bengals, you've got your franchise quarterback now where you don't have to worry about it. You know, if you have, if you're one of those five Bengal fans in the country, you got Joe Burrow. And if you're one of the 10 Charger fans, you now have your quarterback in Justin Herbert. You got your guy. You have got your guy. You've got your franchise quarterback. And barring injury, I don't see any way those guys do not get these two teams in the playoffs in the very near future. I mean, that, and I was talking to Sean about that. And Sean, of course, former NFL quarterback, teaches the quarterback position. Uh, he, he agrees. He thinks those guys are, you know, Hall of Fame uh, type quarterbacks, that that's how good uh, they are going to be. And again, for those of you that are just joining us, I was talking about Peyton and Eli Manning on the secondary outlet last night. And I, I thought they were really good. I really enjoyed that. I'm not a fan of Riddick and Greasy and Levy. I'm just not a fan of them at all. And I really enjoyed. I wonder what I, I wonder in re- reality, how many people were watching? Because it seemed to me, based on social media, a lot of people were watching Peyton and Eli with their guests, Barkley. And then again, uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, they had Ray Lewis on and Russell Wilson. I mean, I thought it was a lot of fun. If you watch that, I would love to hear uh, your take. Just hit that hand icon, and I will put you uh, right on. But I, I really thought they were good. I mean, they're very, they have a very dry sense of humor. They are not afraid to tell it like it is. They obviously know the game uh, inside out. And I think that now when they get into a little bit of a flow – uh, it's 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 even going to get better. You know, again, I don't know if you saw Charles Barkley on, but, you know, Charles is Charles. And I thought Ray Lewis was great, you know, with some of the insight that he gave. You know, to hear Peyton Manning and Eli speak from a quarterback's perspective and then hear Ray Lewis talking about Eli's first game, or not first game, but in Eli's rookie season when Eli was calling out the Mike linebacker and pointing the number 52. And Ray goes, I'm not the Mike, he is. You know, I mean, you just, there was great stuff that was on that last night uh, as I was watching the game. But I would love to hear from you. What did you think of that? Uh, do you agree with me that John Gruden is not the right coach for the Raiders? 
I, I just, I don't like the way he coaches the team. I think they're undisciplined. I don't think they play smart football. And I don't think his uh, in-game management is very good. I am just not a fan of John Gruden. I think the Raiders uh, do not have the right coach for this football team. You know, time will tell, but I am not a fan of Gruden. You know, again, that's a typical game last night for John Gruden. How many times do you watch the Raiders play and you go, boy, what an undisciplined football team? They are. They're just undisciplined. How many of those penalties were just flat out stupid? Ten penalties. Now, again, it's not just the first time. Every year, you know, is John Gruden not able to, you know, correct that? I mean, I don't know. I'll tell you one thing for the Raiders. Good thing they have uh, Darren Waller because that guy, I mean, he is just unbelievable. When you think about him and Travis Kelsey in the same division, I mean, those are arguably the two best tight ends in football. I mean, that's just amazing how well they, and, you know, again, George Kittle, I would put up there too, but Darren Waller, wow. I mean, are the Raiders, if he's not on the field last night, do the Raiders even score? I'm, I'm being serious here. Would the Raiders get shut out last night without Waller on the field? I don't know if they get shut out, but they certainly don't score more than 10 points. He is really good. You know, and he, interesting, you know, he, he has overcome addiction uh, to become, you know, the top, one of the top, I think, two or three tight ends in all of football. And I talk about addiction. I was talking about this again on No Filter Network with Sean Salisbury today about Josh Gordon. I, I've been pretty consistent about this. I don't think Josh Gordon should be reinstated. Now, I don't know if he is, but the NFL Players Association has backed Gordon uh, to be reinstated. Now, he's 30 years old, and he submitted his reinstatement letter, I guess, back in the summer. The guy has been suspended six times, six times since 2013, five times for some form of substance abuse that, again, they don't disclose what that is. Uh, how many chances does a guy get, right? Seriously, how many chances does an individual get to play in the National Football League? Again, I, I don't know what addiction is like, so I'm not going to walk in somebody's shoes that's dealing with addiction. But this guy obviously has got some serious addiction issues. To be that talented, and he is talented, make no mistake about it, and, and, and at the age of 30, has been suspended six times already. Right? Six times. And I got to tell you, you know, because I read the story on ESPN.com about him being back on, uh, I believe it was, I think it was Adam Schefter's podcast. I'm not sure. And he talked about his good support system with his family and good friends. You know, he talked about how important small details are in life. You know, I'm tired of the talk. I've heard this over and over again from Josh Gordon. I don't want to hear about it. Show me. Talk is so cheap. I'm so tired of the athletes that talk a good game and then they go out and do just the opposite. I don't I don't care about your support system because I've heard you say that before. Go out and show me that you can stay on the football field for an entire year. Don't talk about your support system and then have a relapse and get suspended. All right. And again, I'm not saying I'm unsympathetic to your addiction. I've never had an addiction, thank God. And so I don't know what that is like. And I, and I do sympathize 
but I do not believe you should be playing in the National Football League. I do not believe that an individual should get now seven chances to play in the NFL. I believe playing in the NFL is a privilege. I don't believe it is a right. I mean, how many chances do you get to play in pro sports? You know, once, yes, twice, okay. Three times, eh, not more than three times. Certainly not seven. I said the same thing about Alden Smith. How many times when I was in the radio on radio in Sacramento did I talk about how Alden Smith should not be allowed to play in the National Football League? How many times? And he just had the same exact issue that he's always had. The guy has a major problem. All right? He should not be playing in the National Football League. He should be working on saving his life. And he should be working on not hurting others, thankfully, which has not happened from his numerous DUIs, okay? Fortunately, that has not happened yet. But the point I'm trying to make is, how many chances do we give our athletes? And what kind of message are we sending to our youth and others that, yeah, go ahead. You know what? Just go ahead. Drive drunk three or four times. Uh, get suspended five or six times. Then just go away for six months and work on your addiction and come back and tell us how great your family and friends are and your support group, and we'll let you right back on the football field. I'm sorry. I don't believe in that. I, I, I believe in second chances. I'm okay even in some cases in third chances. I really am. But I'm not okay in five chances, six chances, seven chances. I'm just not. And I think that our sports leagues are just way too lenient, way too lenient. I I just do not understand that. And again, I understand these things are collectively bargained, but it is not, I, I just, I do not agree with that. And I do not agree with how lenient these leagues are. You know, you remember Steve Howe, how many chances he got? And how about we've seen players come back in the NFL, can you believe this, from vehicular homicide, and they played again in the NFL. Wait a minute, vehicular homicide, and you're back playing in the National Football League again? Like, what the heck is wrong with that? Are you freaking kidding me? Alden Smith, how many times are you going to get a DUI? How many times are you going to fail the league's substance abuse policy? How many times are you going to let your teammates down? And he always seems to get another chance. And then what happens? He has another breakdown. He has another lapse. So I'm going to have Josh Gordon come on to an NFL field. And Josh Gordon, who is unbelievably talented at age 30, how many games is he going to play before he lets down his new team? Because if I'm a fan of a team that Josh Gordon is going to, what else could I expect from him? Can people change? Yeah, I guess people can change, but I'm tired of the talk. Show me. Don't tell me. Show me. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Actions speak louder than words. And so I just wanted to throw that news in today because I I, I was surprised to see it. I got to be honest with you. I was very surprised to see it. And I wanted to talk about last night's game a lot. And I, I, again, if you're a Raiders fan, I can't even imagine what your emotions were in that fourth quarter in overtime last night. You know, the game goes, what, to midnight, 
and you think that the game is won and everyone's congratulating each other on the field. You know, the fans are starting to leave the stadium. And five minutes later, you're playing football again. And then you turn the ball over after a stupid-ass penalty. And you get the ball back and win the game. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what it was like being a Raiders fan and being at that game last night in Las Vegas at that beautiful new stadium. I've gone to the T-Mobile Center. And it's, you know, there is something about going to Vegas and walking to the venue. I mean... And then when you come out of the venue, you're right basically on the strip. You know, the football stadium, you got to walk across that bridge, but then you're right there on the strip. You know, I remember coming out of the T-Mobile Center after I was there broadcasting the game against the Lakers. And I, you, know, you come out and it's dark and it's 75 degrees and, you know, all the lights are shining on you from Vegas and it's happening and, you know, everyone's in a good mood and, it's just like, wow. I mean, there is something about coming out of that venue, and I can't even imagine for the folks, and I mean this, how many fans left that stadium last night after the Raiders apparently looked like they had won the game, right? How many fans do you think, I'm getting out of here, I'm getting to the strip, I'm going to the casino, yeah, my team won, or they're going to cash their tickets, right, if you gambled on the game, whatever the case may be. And you're out on the concourse walking to the strip. And then you hear that the game is not over. I wonder how many people left that stadium last night before the replay official made their decision. Had to be significant. And how how pissed do you think those people were? Can you imagine sitting in that game for nearly four hours and you leave because you think the game is over? And then you're out of the stadium and you can't get back in. And you miss the way that game ended. Wow. Because if you're a fan of the Raiders, think about the emotions. You were able to celebrate two victories last night. The one where you thought the game was over. And then when you really did win the game. So it doesn't get much better than that if you are a fan of a team and you're out of game and you get a chance to see your team win twice. And then, oh, yeah, you're in downtown Vegas. You get to walk across the bridge and go to the strip. And if you want, you hang out all night or do whatever you do in Vegas, right? Whatever you do in Vegas, the famous line, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's a Monday night. The Raiders just won. Can you imagine what that scene was like on the strip at 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning? Can you just imagine that scene? Last night in Las Vegas, I've been to Las Vegas for championship fights, and I'm telling you, I mean, it's unbelievable. I was there for many Mayweather fights, big title fights, and there's nothing like being in Las Vegas when there's a big fight. That that build up to the fight on a weekend, oh boy. And I was blessed to go do my radio show for a couple of those fights. Leading up to it, I think Bob Arum, you know, had a big promotion and we would go into Vegas on like a Wednesday and we would stay on a Wednesday or a Thursday or whatever the case may be and do the show right from the arena leading up to the fight. And then you'd have the weigh in and all of the people there and all of the celebrities like seriously, what what other than a championship fight brings out the most? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, absolutely crazy walking through uh, all the beautiful 
resorts and that's uh, pretty remarkable so hey if you want to ask me a question all you got to do is hit that hand icon we'll put you right on what did you think of the raiders game last night what did you think of peyton and eli manning did you watch that more or did you watch riddick levy uh and greasy which one did you watch more i watched about 75 percent 25 percent uh eli uh and peyton now, if they have guests on every single week, that's going to be very entertaining. That is going to be a lot of fun to have those type of guests. I mean, Charles Barkley, think about the guests they had last night. Charles Barkley, Ray Lewis, Travis Kelsey, and Russell Wilson. Now, that's a that's an A-list lineup. And how about Kelsey, as I said, you know, he was asked how much he pays attention to a game like that. And the team that he was playing next week was on the field, and he didn't even realize it. So I guess not much. He thought they were playing the Chargers in Los Angeles. And they had to say, no, I think you're playing Baltimore. And he's like, oh, I didn't even realize that. Can you imagine an NFL player not knowing where you're playing that Sunday? Think about that for a minute. Can you imagine getting on the plane or walking out of the locker room for a home game? You just won. And, you know, you're talking about the big victory against Cleveland and whatever you do, you go out to dinner, you go home, spend time, whatever the case, whatever you do. Then you have the whole day Monday, right? The whole day Monday. And you go on national TV on Monday night. You're Travis Kelsey, Super Bowl champion, arguably the best tight end in football. And you don't even know who you're playing that week. Like how hard to believe is that? That's unbelievable, isn't it? That was a trip last night to hear Kelsey not even know that he was playing Baltimore and thought he was going out uh, to play the L.A. Chargers. So I took a lot of great things from that uh, cast. I know uh, I got a message earlier today wanting my opinion because I talked about this for a couple minutes yesterday uh, about the Kings and a couple of the other NBA moves. Training camp starts in two weeks, right? So, like, I know teams are still signing players. Like, for instance, today, you know, I saw that the uh, Nuggets gave Aaron Gordon a $92 million extension. Then I read that the Rockets, all right, and John Wall have agreed to try to find a team that they can trade Wall to. I mean, they have got, they've got Kevin Porter uh, Jr. They got Jalen Green now in the starting backcourt. And they're young. I mean, what is it? Porter, what is he, 20, 21? And I think Green is, I, he's not even 20. I think he's either 18 or 19. Now you got young pups there uh, in the backcourt. And John Wall, who is not expected to play this year, uh, they are. And, and, and by the way, if you're John Wall, how about this? All right. I read today that he is due. If, now, are you ready for this? He is due to make. Just under $92 million over the next two seasons. How about that? By the way, if you're keeping score at home, John Wall has played only 113 games over the last four seasons due to significant injuries. But don't worry about it because he has $91.7 million. And don't forget about that player option for $47.4 million in 22 and 23. You want to know what's wrong with sports? That right there is what is wrong with sports. Right there. That is what's wrong 
with sports. So anyway, the Rockets are trying to trade John Wall. We'll see uh, how that happens. Somebody else hit me up on uh, social media and wanted me to uh, talk about the Miami uh, Buffalo game coming up this week. I think it's one of the top games on the card. I think that the Dolphins were lucky to get the win in New England. Uh, Tua to me still has got to stop trying to be a hero, uh, making some crazy throws. I think he still has a very high ceiling, but that one turnover when he's trying to elude pressure, throwing off balance and throwing it up for grabs. You know, he had a couple of throws like that in that game. I also thought there was a horrible call uh, in that Miami-New England game on a roughing the passer on Jones, which to me was a terrible call. Uh, I give Miami a lot of credit. They win a division game on the road. It really doesn't matter how you win those games. You just have to win them. But now they have Buffalo, and Buffalo to me was a very disappointing team on Sunday. And I looked at the Bills, and I watched that whole game. Josh Allen did not look like the Josh Allen that I saw last week. That's number one. Number two, I was waiting to see if Buffalo had fixed their pass rush. And based on what I saw, the answer to that question is no. And if they cannot get to Tua on Sunday, they're going to have a really difficult time. I'll tell you this. It's going to be it's a 1 o'clock start in Miami. It's hot and humid down here right now. And the Dolphins are going to try to wear out the Bills. This is, listen, there's no such thing as a must-win game in week two in the National Football League. But if the Bills do not beat the Dolphins, here we are. We're not even through September. And they're already two games off the pace in the division. So this is a really big game for Buffalo. This is a bigger game for Buffalo than it is for Miami. I know Dolphins fans are going to go, no way. Yeah, this is a bigger game for Buffalo because Buffalo is expected to win the division. And I'm not saying they can't win the division if they start 0-2. But then people are going to be looking at Buffalo. Oh, what's wrong with Buffalo? Gee, Sean McDermott. Oh, boy, did they, you know, McDermott, the defensive coach. Are they not as good as we thought? Did the moves that they make in the offseason not materialize? Geez, Josh Allen taking a step back. Is he not able to handle the expectations and the bright lights of everyone saying that's the team to beat? Uh, you know, I was on with Sean Salisbury, as I said an hour ago, on No Filter Network. And he said, if you think that you're going to see Aaron Rodgers play that badly again, you are delusional. Meaning uh, how bad he was, 133 yards and two picks on Sunday against New Orleans. I think the same thing for Allen. I will be very surprised, and I will be very surprised if we don't see the real Buffalo Bills on Sunday. I'll be surprised. Won't be shocked, but that will really surprise me. I'm looking at a, again, I'm looking at a Buffalo team that has top-notch personnel. They are very good. I'm looking at both sides of the line of scrimmage. That was uh, Sean McDermott calling me up to tell me, uh, you're right, we are a good team. Their personnel is really, really good. Much better than they showed on Sunday against the Mike Tomlin Steelers. 23-16 the final. And, you know, I don't know if you watched that game, but T.J. Watt, who just signed for, you know, half the world and half the world's oil before the game, was a monster. He had five hits on Allen. He had two sacks. I mean, he had a tackle for a loss. And if I'm looking at this from Miami's perspective, I'm thinking, okay, we can get to Allen. We can get to Allen. And I know Pittsburgh's defense, you know, has always been good. 
and they scored. I think what was that? They scored what twenty unanswered in that game. I mean, they had a big, had a big, big fourth quarter in Buffalo. I mean, that was that was an impressive, impressive come from behind victory. But you know, it's not like Buffalo was playing very well. And you know, what did we say going into that game? We knew that the Steelers offensive line. I think they had two rookies playing, right? And you know, I watched that game. The rookies were horrible, horrible in the first half. You know, Najee Harris, I'll tell you right now, he knew right away he wasn't running behind the Alabama offensive line. That's for darn sure. Yeah, I think Roethlisberger, I think he had what, what did he average? One yard a carry in the first half? And, you know, Roethlisberger got knocked down and sacked twice in that first half. And then I think in the second half, I read they averaged four yards per carry on the ground. So the offensive line started playing better, talking about Pittsburgh. But this Bills team now, all right? To allow 20 straight points to Pittsburgh in the second half and to allow Pittsburgh to dictate the pace. Now, all of a sudden, Josh Allen, who was not good throwing a ball downfield, he was not good against the Blitz. He was only 30 of 51 in that game against Pittsburgh. By the way, that was a career high in pass attempts. And, you know, he was not able to find Diggs. He was not able to find Beasley enough. And, you know, again, the offensive line. I didn't think they played well. In Pittsburgh, if you watch that game, they didn't even have to blitz that much. So I think Miami has got a very good chance. I think this game's going to be very close in the fourth quarter. Very, very close in the fourth quarter. But if I'm a fan of the Buffalo Bills, you have a huge game already in week two of the NFL season. And you generally don't have huge games this early in the season. But make, make no mistake about it, this is a huge game coming up. For the Buffalo Bills. If you want to get on with me, hit that hand icon. We can talk about that and uh, anything else going on in the world of sports. But again, that game right there is one of the top games on the card uh, this weekend uh, down here where I am uh, in South Florida. Another interesting game I think this week is San Francisco at Philadelphia because I thought the Eagles were one of the surprise teams on Sunday and how they just dismantled the Atlanta Falcons. But now they're getting in a San Francisco team. That is much, much better than Atlanta. We know that. I want to see how uh, the Eagles react at home. That's a game. And then I want to see the Cowboys at the Chargers. Prescott, who was outstanding in the loss at Tampa on Thursday. And again, that horrible call. I thought it was a horrible no call on Godwin. I think it cost Dallas the game. Justin Herbert in the second year. I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you have not watched Justin Herbert play much, he is the real freaking deal for the Chargers. And the Chargers are good. I wouldn't say they're great. But they're building something there. And now we're going to find out how Herbert does in that home game uh, taking on the Dallas Cowboys. So that is a game. And here's another team that I am really keeping my eye on this weekend, the Tennessee Titans. All right. Mike Vrabel, does, uh, his teams normally bounce back pretty well after a loss. They got manhandled, manhandled physically and beat up on both sides of the football by the Arizona Cardinals. Now they go to Seattle. You saw what Seattle did to Indianapolis on the road, in the Dome. That's going to be a tough road game for Tennessee. And they're facing, they're in a similar situation as Buffalo. They are the clear-cut favorite in that division, a bad division. And now all of a sudden they have to go to Seattle. I I don't like teams starting off 0-2. I think in that bad division with the Colts, the Texans, and the Jaguars, you could probably start off 0-2, neither being a divisional loss and be okay. 
I'm not so sure that if Buffalo loses to Miami and they go 0-2 in the conference and, you know, Miami jumps out to a 2-0 start and Tua and that team starts getting some confidence, I'm a huge fan of Brian Flores. I think the guy's a hell of a coach. That's not a position you want to be in uh, if you're a fan of the Buffalo Bills. So those are my thoughts today. Uh, I wanted to get on and talk about that game last night before we adjourn for the day. Hey, do me a favor. Tell your friends uh, about Listen App. Uh, pass the word along that I'm going to be doing this every day at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. I'm also going to have some guests coming on now and then. So I will have some guests join me. So it won't just be me rambling. You'll be able to listen to uh, some dialogue with uh, other people as well. I would love you to hit that hand icon when I go on. As I've told you, one of the things that I have missed the most is my interaction with you, the audience. So all you got to do is hit the hand icon. Make sure your mic is turned on and I will get you right on because I really want to hear what you have to say. You know what I say. You've listened to me. You've heard what I have to say about week one in the NFL, about Peyton and Eli, about the 49ers, or about the Raiders, about the officiating. You know, we threw in some NBA as well. Pretty soon we'll get down to the final week of the baseball season. So we'll have some fun with that as well. But uh, I want to hear from you because that's why I'm doing this here on Listen App. I love this app. I think it's great. I've had a lot of fun since I started last Monday. I'm getting very good feedback on uh, social media. So pass the word along. And this is a new app. All right. It's new. So a lot of people still do not know about it. Get the word out, pass it along and let people know that I am on uh, every day at six o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Pacific. And as we grow and we are going to grow, make no mistake about it. Uh, I will do more than 45 minutes to an hour a day. We will extend this and we will make this, you know, a multi hour show. But in order to do that, I have to have, you know, feedback. I got to get your intake, your input rather on what I'm talking about. We got to go back and forth, same way I did back on the radio in Sacramento and when I hosted uh, the Jim Rome Show, where, I, yeah, I had a lot of guests on the Jim Rome Show, but I also uh, took a lot of phone calls from the clones, and I love that. Uh, I love to hear what everybody had to say around the country. So I want, I want to hear from you, and that's why we have this app, and it's so easy to use, and I'm so happy that so many of you have already found it, but all you got to do is hit that hand icon and boom, just like that, uh, you will be on. All right. So tomorrow, again, uh, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. Uh, we'll do it again on Thursday, leading up to, boy, what a horrible game that is on Thursday, the Giants uh, and Washington. Then on Friday, we'll have some fun with our picks, the lock of the week, the upset of the week. We will talk about all the uh, big college games. I guess the biggest game on the board this week is top-ranked Alabama uh, coming into Florida to take on the Gators, number 12 in the country. That figures to be uh, the best game on the card on Saturday. And then on Friday, of course, we'll preview all of the uh, Sunday games. We'll, uh, again, give you some picks, the upset of the week, the lock of the week. We'll give you some of my uh, picks. And I want to hear some of your picks, right? I want to hear who you like. I want your lock of the week. I want your uh, upset of the week. So we'll do that again on Sunday. Uh, and then we'll adjourn for the weekend. And we'll pick it right back up on Monday. So make it a great rest of the day. Really appreciate you joining me here on Listen Up, and I will talk to you tomorrow, same time, same place. So
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.